I was very impressed when we were watching it earlier. Go on. Because every time somebody appeared on screen, you said their name. Yeah. Because memorization it was, it, trick. You know what? It dates back to when I used to teach classes and I would try to make sure I had all the students' names memorized within the first week. We should have really got all their portraits up on the wall like they do in The Traitors. How high profile do you think the artist is that they've commissioned? <laughs> well, I don't think they've got David Hockney to do it. No, of course not. But but I want to know what someone got paid to do the job of painting those portraits. Do you think the contestants get to keep their own portrait? This is the kind of person who not only would want the portrait, they would hang it downstairs. <laughs> which is a different choice from someone who's like, here's this portrait in this corner of our house that no one will ever see. And then there's people who you are talk like... talk about Dorian Gray. That's such a literary reference. I once in my single days went to a young woman's house and she had a life-size cardboard cutout of herself at the bottom of her bed. Are we going to have sexual congress with this woman? It was the closest I ever came to a <laughs> menage a trois. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the first episode of Later's Traitors. Later's Traitors. We just want to say we, we know about the title, but there's that old adage, isn't there, that you, you can have something good, fast. <laughs> and cheap. You can only have two of those You can only have things. two of those three things. And whatever you choose in life, you're always going to be choosing only two out of those three and you have to sacrifice the third. Are you already going to say that this podcast is fast and cheap? Yes, that's what it is. You think there's going to be a, a rough around the edges quality? I, I think we've already established that with okay. the title, the artwork, the music and so on. Okay. But the, the reason that we're doing this is we have become really obsessed with the traitors. Like a lot of people in the UK, we caught onto the first series late, became obsessed with it, and thought, oh, if only we could talk about this on a podcast, but it was too late by that time. And then into our laps has fallen. Traitors, traitors US. US. And our our hope with this is because they've dropped all the episodes at once. So you don't you don't need us to fill in the gap of a week of waiting between episodes. But what we found watching the UK version was we wanted to know if people agreed with our feelings about the cast members. And by feelings, really what we're saying is harsh judgments. Harsh judgments of these people who are on telly. Because that's not to say that I didn't like anybody on the UK series, The Traitors. That being said, it was more common for us to sit on the sofa and go, oh, he's an idiot. Yeah. For the benefit of all of us, let's try and settle on what is it about The Traitors that makes it so brilliant? I think that the heart of it is watching people being forced into being honest with each other. Yes. I think that's what you get at that round table. And I think that's quite addictive. And then I think it's really fun to watch people be confident and then wrong. Yes. So it, it says something about us as, as human beings. We think we're clever, but we ignore actual information. Yes. And we just let our own biases influence decisions that we make. We'll think about whether somebody seems shifty to us or if we feel they've slighted us in some way, which quite possibly have no bearing on anything. And just, sort of, yeah, the confirmation that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. So... Does it work? We loved the British one so much. How does the American one stack up? I just want to say that nothing, I've lived in the UK for 10 years, 
nothing has ever made me feel more British in my body than watching Traders U.S. It's like there's a way that people talk about Americans that I can't fully understand. And watching this show, I was like, oh, I get it. The Americanness of it all. Is it enthusiasm? Yes. It, it's, uh, hey, man, what's up? What is up, my brother? Bro, what's up? And also because so many of them have been on reality TV, they look like TV faces. And I don't actually even mean that as a compliment across the board. There was some British because you, you have said to me before now that a lot of people you see on British TV wouldn't be allowed anywhere near a camera in the States. The, the, that's going to get me into trouble, but, but, but yeah, I but, think that's right. There's, there's a threshold of attractiveness below which American TV is reluctant to drop, which I think to our credit, we're not quite so superficial. This being said, Alan Cumming, Holy moly. Diff- different vibe. Different it's, it's vibe. It's his castle. Do you like that? That we're I all like pretending that, that it belongs to him. He's got a manservant knocking about. Fergus. He's got that beard. He's got a bit of a groundskeeper Willie vibe. What's groundskeeper Willie? The the caretaker from The Simpsons, the school caretaker, the janitor. Oh, okay. Did he have a very long beard as well? He's Scottish. He's got a red beard. So a thing that I know about Alan Cumming is he did like a very famous performance of Macbeth. This is a serious actor, this man. And I feel that Alan is really bringing Shakespearean energy, but with a real twinkle in his eye. Yes. So Claudia in the UK version, she is your pal. Whereas Alan, he's detached. But I thought she was quite removed from them as well. Also because, like, you know, she's watching them compete for this amount of money that she makes for a corporate, which I found so funny. <laughs> no, no, Do you know no. what I mean? She's like, darling. This <laughs> is what, what doesn't quite make sense to me about this US version. Because you've not lived in the States for over a decade and because I have no awareness, really, of American reality TV, I've not got a sense of the, the level of fame of the people involved. What difference does that prize money make if you're a real housewife? Do you think they get a fee for being on oh, it? Oh, without a doubt, yes. Okay. Yeah. But that's what's interesting because the, when the motivation changes, if you're not there to get the deposit for a house for your mum or to buy a prosthetic limb for yourself, if, if what you're trying to do is generate more work on reality TV, your job is to be larger than life. Well, they're so very good at it. Re- but at does that. that affect the game, I wonder? Well, this is what I think is interesting about it, is that there's nothing you can do as a faithful to keep yourself in the game. Do you not think sort of likability is, is the way to stay in as a faithful? That's a very good question. I think about Andrea in the British series. Now, admittedly, she was 72, and there's something a bit sort of patronising about, yeah, oh, yeah, she's, yeah. she's 72, bless her. Look at her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and she didn't make it into the final few. Yes, okay, so that's right, but there's nothing you can do about your own likability. Try selling that to anybody running a self-help bookshop. Oh, well, you should know. You're born with it. Did you think it was weird seeing that castle with other people in it? It was almost as though like we'd gone away on holiday and rented our house out on Airbnb and then came back. We just like knew that people had been in our home. Yes. Do you know what I've learned from watching The Traders what? is that everyone, you know, they say like everyone thinks they have good taste and a sense of humor, but they don't actually. Everyone thinks that they can spot a liar. A thing that all people think is that they are intuitive about other people. Shall we talk about some of the people involved. Yeah. Why don't we talk about any initial likes or dislikes in the first couple of episodes? Okay. I'll do some of my initial likes. 
Reza I had a very strong, very positive response to. Me too. I loved him. Any other reality show would have to keep Reza in because he's too incredible of a character. Like he was the best character. I wonder if it annoys the producers that they got rid of somebody who they would presumably have paid a fee to off the bat. No, they must know what they're in for with this show. I love how the first thing he did when he came into the house and everyone was like, oh my God, am I in a game of Clue? What is this? And then he was very dismissive of the The floors. The floors weren't originals. Yeah. The the ceilings weren't originals. It's fantastic. And then when they were talking about him being... um, being a team leader on that task who knows what survived in the edit but it seemed to me like he was one of these people who liked to stand to one side giving unhelpful notes and criticisms about the quality of their knots he was probably right i was a big fan of his um do you feel watching brandy do you constantly need to remind yourself that it's not jennifer coolidge doing a performance thought that yes it's very dramatic yeah there was some point where she named two of the traitors correctly she was like oh i think it's christian and i think it's sari and i went oh i wonder if the beverly hills real housewife here is going to turn out to actually be quite good at this game i liked quentin which one's quentin quentin is the political analyst oh is he wearing wear an orange suit he might be if he's who i'm thinking of it he, he seems like a very warm presence i'd like to nuzzle up against his chest yeah he's the kind of guy whose chest yeah. you'd like to nuzzle against yes um and i So the only one of these celebrities that I'd ever heard of was Ryan Lochte. And he was an Olympic swimmer. And I believe his heyday was about like 13 years ago. Why have you? You never know the names of athletes. I know, but he he was just everywhere. Did he date a celebrity? No, he didn't. You know me. I'm much more brain than body, darling. But this guy, his body, his body in 2000, it was like uh, amazing to look at. And in my Googling researches, I learned that in his, at the peak of his fame, he tried to um, trademark the phrase, Gia! <laughs> and he couldn't, but that was, he was like, that's that's like my thing, Gia! And I was like, that's wonderful. Is there a particular stroke that you like to see an athletic swimmer do? Are you joking? Yeah, there's only one. Was it the doggy paddle? Yeah. No, wait. What's this This one? I'll do it. Butterfly? Yeah. Oh, so athletic. I can only do a very slow breaststroke and my right foot is a bit errant and it always makes a big splash. One time I was on a villa holiday with the uh, then deputy Swedish Olympic swimming team's coach and he told me I have something called screw foot. It's a thing. Does that make me more or less attractive to you? It's a neutral. I quite like Andy. You do? Yeah, I think they are... The closest to somebody we might know in real life, yes. but, but a bit cooler than somebody we'd know in real life. And I think they don't come across very well in the talking to camera diary room bits. Do you remember what they said? Did they describe themselves as perceptive? I'm perceptive. They did describe themselves as perceptive, but they also said, I might seem creative, but I'm super analytical. Perceptive, creative. The, these are words that let other people say them about Yes, you. and I think Rachel also, at one point, who's one of the celebs. She's Big Brother 1, right? Yes, two episodes of Big Brother and then two seasons of The Amazing Race and like aired her wedding on a thing. And she described herself as iconic. This is another issue. Here are the rules. You can't say that you're iconic. You can't say you're perceptive. You can't say that you're creative. You can't say you're analytical. We, we need a list of things that 
you must never say about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Andy also said that they're uh, not faced by celebrities, which I think that's weird. There, there, yeah. was, there was one particular evening we'd gone out for dinner in a restaurant in New York, and I thought I saw Bjorn Olvaeus from ABBA. Oh, my God. And, and I was unsure it was him, and to this day I remain, I think... If I if I had to put my life on it, I'd say it wasn't. But I couldn't concentrate on what I was eating. No. I think it's weird not to be phased by celebrities. Yeah, normal people are phased by celebrities. And who do you hate? I'll tell you something. I know a lot of Americans, your, your mum included, sure, who say that they have to watch British TV with subtitles on and they can't understand what British people are saying if they have a certain accent. I've got no idea most of what Michael is saying. Really? Mm. I would like to do an impression of Michael now. I'm Michael. Hold on, let me just find him. Any impersonation that starts with the name of who you're impersonating says um, something about that. Are you, are you, I'm a vote for Geraldine. Are you voting for Geraldine? You know what? I'm so, I'm not really good you, with you people. Sound, Hold on, you, I'm just You sound like him. the sister from The Righteous Gemstones. It's exactly the same as your impersonation. That's of, a high of, uh, compliment. I'm just, you know what? I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not good with people, okay? I'm sorry if I was being socially awkward. but Now I feel you're drifting into Parker Posey in one of the Christopher Guest films, but I can't quite bring to mind which. Do you like Michael? I like that he wears corduroy. Oh, yeah, you, that's, that's very a surprising, you. surprising detail. I have to say that, and I would say that about halfway through the first episode, uh-huh. I actively disliked almost everyone. And by the end of the second episode, there were a couple of people, for example, Kate, who seems like a, an absolute fucking nightmare of a person. But then by the time the end of episode two rolled around, I thought, I think Kate is a little bit in on the joke of Kate, and maybe I'm kind of into it. Uh-huh. She also is now currently, I would say, around four or five months pregnant. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Are we loving someone you're hating or vice versa? This is what we're interested in. How's this for an email address? Go on. Hoods up at latertraitors.com. I love it. Hoods up at latertraitors.com. So what about the three traitors then? Are you happy with the pick? Well, it's interesting. So what I liked about the UK version was that it took many episodes before the names of any of the traitors were in the mouths of any of the faithfuls. With this one, we've already had two traitors mentioned by episode two. He needs to calm it down a bit, Christian, doesn't he? Yeah, Christian seems annoying. Christian enjoys a hat. I think he's Is seems... Christian your favourite hat wearer in the show? No, Alan Cumming is my favourite hat wearer. His the show. beret was quite something, wasn't it? And then it? he had that little it was all chapeau. He wore a little chapeau. <laughs> this was very, very cool of you. Think we'll get a fascinator before the uh, oh, series is hundred percent. He's wearing a full fascinator for the finale. <laughs> Yeah. And, oh, I, and then a lot of them with beanies around the breakfast table. The Beanie Brothers. Or Beanie Bros. That was the thing they referred to themselves as the Beanie Bros. I found it quite disturbing. And I know he's acting up for the cameras where he's saying, I really want to be a traitor. I really want to murder somebody. I really want to kill them. I really." And I think, I wonder what your interviews for the military were like. I wonder, oh, my God. Should, should this not be screening out? This There was just a fervor with which he's saying, I want to kill somebody. I'm not 100% sure that's the type of person you want in the army. Can I tell you another thing about him? Yeah. Here's a quote of what his post-military life looked like in a website called Voyage LA. I was a transitioning veteran living the van life and decided to build on my love of adventure and love of people to pursue acting and influencing. 
going to pursue influencing. He's pursuing influencing. And he's got a gravelly voice. I'm always interested in people with gravelly voices. Go on. Do they just decide one day I'm going to start speaking with a gravelly voice? Mm, yeah, he seems like the kind of person who might make that decision. This is a touch of Job from Arrested Development to his voice. Oh, okay, okay. What about Cody? I'll be honest, even though he's a traitor, he's not really sunk in with me yet, other than that you say he looks like a young John Travolta. Oh my God, so dramatic. He's got that cleft in his chin, Mm. which is a signifier of a, I've heard, a perfectly symmetrical face. Do you think that it's it's a mixed blessing looking like a young John Travolta? Oh, because he looks so weird as an adult. Like a grown, grown adult. I think he was an adult in Greece. I mean, no, but I know you know you're what supposed I'm saying, an old a high man. school student. But exactly. So, are you looking at John Travolta thinking, "Man, it's great to look as good as he did in Saturday Night Favor or Greece"? But <sighs> you, you, you have a vision of the future. Oh my God! And who's the other one? Sari. Sari. She's a survivor. Is she from Survivor? Is she? Yeah. I think she's been on like a bunch of different Survivors. She's been on four seasons of Survivor. She ain't gonna give up. She ain't gonna stop. She gonna work harder. I never watched it. I tell you what isn't my favourite part of this show. Go on. The tasks. (sighs) I think the tasks are filler to get you from the aftermath of a murder yeah into the round table yeah and also just fuel for the round table yeah but i I tend to find them quite boring yes generally i find it quite boring it was kind of fun when those two huge things lit up on fire and i liked watching fergus just sit there with that big flame out in that pond his forearms must have been exhausted the the things that they're lighting on fire they remind me a little bit of yellow jackets that kind of all the yes. the first series of true detective i don't know what that aesthetic is but it is a creepy aesthetic isn't it so creepy yeah. There's somebody who lives opposite your mum and dad's house whose front garden looks a bit like that. Oh, my God. And I think what's going on in that house, based on nothing other than that. No, but that, that is some thing true yeah. detective bullshit <laughs> in that front yard. Oh, that just made me feel icky. Like, do you think he, like, does anything weird to people inside his house? Why else would you have that kind of garden oh, decoration? God, do you think he's going to come from my parents? I don't no, think so. No, that won't be his style. No. They're old anyway. I'll just get some of their money when they die. <laughs> um. Part of the fun of this show is you can watch it and think how you would play it. But then when I see a task that involves something like rowing a building, I think I'd just be too weak. I don't think either of us would do well in tasks. I think you could row. I can't even kayak. Yeah, you fall over in a kayak. Yeah. You know what fills me with tremendous anxiety? What? Watching people have to pick teams. Oh, it takes me back to school. So painful, the potential for rejection. Do you know, I used to get picked last. Oh, honey. And then whichever team I'd end up on, I'd be bullied by my own team because they were so annoyed that they'd ended up with me on their team. (sighs) This might be too dark, but my therapist, she was like, was Jeff ever bullied? And then I put it to you and you were like, not really. And then you ultimately like wound up telling me these stories that were incredibly dark about the way in which you were bullied. I just think that was a fairly normal British school experience. Oh, I don't know. We're still on tasks here. Tasks. Yeah. What about the buried one? I have to be honest. What I want to watch... <laughs> And I'm not into like torturey weird shit. I, t- I don't watch any reality TVs where people have to like reality TVs uh, where people have to eat bugs or stuff. I don't like watching that. But I think actually what I want from someone being buried alive is I want to watch someone have a panic attack. Because that is the task I watch. And I think, oh, I could do that. That'd be no problem. 
lying down and being separated from everyone and everything. The idea of having to have breakfast with the same people every morning That's is what... far more scary to me yeah, you than, do well than, than the uh, being buried alive. You'd start doing weird things, like talking to people about weird stuff, like attempting to socialize normally, but it would maybe but I don't know how, so I say Well, strange. you'd catch a wave once in a while, and then you'd feel good, and then you wouldn't, and you'd feel bad. I'd get overconfident. I'd catch yeah. a wave, and then I'd think, this is it, I could do it now, and then I'd, and then I'd you'd end like up alienating do everybody. do something really yeah. weird. Have you ever fancied going in one of those... Um, sensory deprivation tanks i'd rather die really oh. do you remember me telling you that when i was doing a gig it was like this big theater gig and i went into a toilet and the doors shut in such a way that it went pitch black and i couldn't figure out what was happening <laughs> and the, the headline here is i managed to get out of the toilet i was out of the toilet within 20 seconds but in those 20 seconds where i couldn't figure out what the door was and it was pitch black I started screaming as though I was being attacked. <laughs> and I got to that level in 20 seconds. I am a very easy panicker. And that sense of like the entire dark black and silence, I find horrific. How much did you enjoy the round table? Love it. I mean, the round table. It's, it's the best part of the show, it's isn't the it? the best part. It's, it's what we're there for. Christian definitely overplayed his hand, but then Michael seemed to pull focus away from him. I got to tell you, Christian... He is, he's got to rein it in. There was a, a moment like as we're walking, he's like, hey man, we got this, right? Like we're buddies. I was like, dude, less is more. My instinct is he's going to go soon. Yeah. He's he's too over the top. He's not in control of himself. Yeah. And he was just kind of lucky that it went to Geraldine and Michael. And at this stage of the game, what people don't want, we saw this in UK version, people don't want to be the odd man out. So people don't go, actually, can I just say Christian? They won't do that yet, but they will in another few episodes. If a consensus starts emerging, people like if there's to back blood that, in the water. People just go. Yeah. Did you notice that Rachel spelled Geraldine with a J-E-R-Y-L? It's a rhyme with Meryl. Yeah, Gerald. I, I, I noticed a lot of people seem to write Geraldine as if it was two names, Geraldine. That's weird. I'm leading with love in 2023, so I don't want to say anything too negative about anybody. But And will we miss Geraldine? I would have liked to have gotten to know her better. Now, we noticed something very interesting watching the British version. Go on. That men on the show were often either presented in a way which was a little treat for the ladies, or <laughs> you would see them bursting into tears. There was a lot of crying. There was almost no which female felt a bit, crying. It felt a bit subversive. There was a bit of objectification yes. and a lot of crying. Yes. It was very female gaze, the Traders UK, mm. I thought. Yes, there was. It, there were almost no women who cried, and almost every man did cry, which I found fascinating. It makes me feel better because I'm crying all the time, and so I, I feel like it irritates you. When we first got together, I thought like, oh my God, this is the man. This is him. This is Mr. Sensitive. I want to have a child with you. And now when you cry, I feel nothing. I feel nothing now when you cry. It's almost like I have to, I'm like a robot who's like having to understand human emotions. Like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to comfort him now. <laughs> um, okay, so we've had three criers so far. Mm. Michael, the good old Southern boy, Andy has cried. And it really made me warm to them. And then we saw Ezra. Ezra, I'm going to think about, you know how usually on a reality show, the first person to go, you never remember them? I'll remember Ezra forever. You say you'd uh, remember him, but you have just got his name wrong. He's called Reza, not Ezra. Fuck. <laughs> 
Same thing. <laughs> but that that's how it goes with these shows. Yeah, it is. And there's an Azra, I think, as well, but we're not even getting into her. Mm. There are a few people that they are not showing us yet, particularly Ram. No, Bam. His name is Michael Bam Nieves, which mm. I'm hearing is Bam. There's Angelica. She's the blondie. There's Azra, and there's Amanda, who's the emergency room nurse. So we're oh, not getting into the emergency yet. room nurse. When she said, "Yeah, you know, I work in an emergency room, so I'm used to discerning when people aren't telling the truth." And I thought, "What is is that a common thing in the emergency room?" I mean, people maybe are lying about how the thing stuck up their anus got up yeah, there. Yeah, the but classic. apart from that, people tend to be telling yeah, the truth yeah, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. situation. You don't need to be calling out the liar, really, do you? Yeah, there's know. probably no other job that's <laughs> yeah. less about. Dis- Discerning the truth. Apart from maybe a magician, which yeah. isn't about reading people or discerning the truth at all. It's about tricking people. Yeah. It's literally about distracting and tricking people. You're still because so, there's no such thing as magic. You're still so angry about that guy, Tom, oh, from Traders UK. Yeah, I'm a magician. That, that they all bought into oh it. Oh my God. I'm a magician, so I can read people. No, you, you, as, as a magician, what you're doing is diverting somebody's attention while you do something and make them think it's magic. Exactly. There's no actual such thing as magic. 100%. It's about lying. If you're using your job, it is proof that you would be a good traitor and says nothing about your ability to spot a traitor. A hundred percent. I want someone in Traders US to be able to hate as much as I hated Alex and Tom from UK. <laughs> I hated you. Well, I don't think you got to hate them until about episode three or four. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm hopeful that I'll find someone to it's hate exciting, at that level. It? Yeah, this is, it is this exciting. is exciting. All right. So before we go, we saw the traitors meet at the end of the episode to decide on who their next victim will be. Who is it? They could send that Brandy home. I think that wouldn't be a smart thing to do. It wouldn't. Because she's named two of them. Yes. And that that could arouse suspicions. But they don't seem they that don't, smart. They don't seem that smart. Strategic. Yeah. So, so I'm going to guess Brandy. And then in terms of who will be who will we see banished at the end of the next episode, Michael's looking likely, but he, he will be also on a charm offensive, presumably. I just I wonder if Christian's name will come up again. Here's the thing with this show, it can turn on a dime. So very possibly something could happen in episode three where it's like, oh, and suddenly someone out of nowhere, like Shelby, for example, who let's not forget, is saying she's a teacher but in fact is in public relations. And um, as we've learned from the British version, if, if people find out that you have an untrustworthy occupation, forget about it. Forget it. Because that, that is clear proof that you're a traitor. Yes. It's not just that you happen to have been tapped on the shoulder. It's your job that yes. says whether you're a traitor or not. Exactly. That's what they use as their, uh, their evidence. And another brilliant thing about it is you're kind of rooting for the traitors. Oh, yes. And it'll be interesting to see if, that remains as it did throughout the British series until pretty much the end when it, I think it flipped in the last episode-ish or because these traitors don't seem as likeable or at least a couple of them don't, whether whether you'll be rooting for the faithfuls to sniff them out. As of right now, I don't know that I'm rooting for the traitors. I was rooting for you-know-who. Ryan Lochte to take Ryan his shirt Lochte off. And- I'm rooting for Ryan Lochte to find the hidden door and take his shirt off. Hidden door, where are you? We'd love to hear from you. If there's anybody you think we've got wrong. If there are any hats that have slipped under our radar. We're looking for, we want to be keeping very close track of Alan Cummings' hat choices. I think also Christian's hat choices. We want to be keeping tabs on everyone who cries. We want to know what you what you agree with. 
in terms of what we're saying about who. And we want to know if we've offended you. If you're like, no, this person is wonderful. You guys, you've misread them. Our email address is hoodsup at latestraitors.com. And I want to encourage people that they can't forget any S's there. It's hoodsup at latestraitors.com. And we really want this to be like a little, like a, is it a community board? What is it? Where people go to, what is it? A community, a town hall. Village square? A village square. Square. Is it the water pump? And is it the water cooler? We want this podcast to be the water cooler. It'll be short lived because the the plan is to do two TV episodes per podcast episode. So, so we'll yeah, because we figured you guys are only ever going to watch two episodes. This is the thing about the show: you don't just sit down to watch an episode. You're doing a minimum of two, and actually perhaps three in a given evening. We will be back tomorrow with episodes three and four. Should we pretend that we're saying goodbye from our turret in our castle? Yeah, we're in the top of our house. Could turret be a euphemism for anything? I guess a penis. Maybe a stumpy one. Because turrets have like little tops and penises have those little heads, those little The, the helmets, yeah. The helmets that you guys have. Yeah. Oh my God, I met someone the other day who was um, circumcised at the age of 21. He said it's it has to do with a really tight foreskin. Ooh, okay, okay. And that just, let me just finish. You can cover yeah. your ears or something. But that it's, here's what, I just want no one to feel body shame and I want all these men to get circumcised if that's what they need in their lives. You want you want a comfortable penis in oh life? Oh my God, can you imagine an uncomfortable one? I can. Listen, next year. It's not baggy. It's not like a cowl neck sweater, but it's not. It's not tight. (laughs) There, you know what? It must be one of these things. It's like ten percent has to do something about it. It's my medical opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She says this as somebody whose mother is a hypochondriac, so she has a lot of medical. And my grandmother. You you sound very sleepy, beepy. I can hear you. I'm a sleepy, beepy. So we will wish you good night from our turret. (laughs) 